You are listening to the FDNY Pearl Podcast, featuring members of the New York City Fire Department. We want to share stories from the field, best practices, lessons learned, and help save lives. Welcome to the FDNY Pro Podcast. I'm Captain Elizabeth Cassio, and today we're discussing acting while off-duty. We have two FDNY EMTs who did just that, both with more than two decades on the job each, Sean Alexander and Khadija Hall. Stepping into harm's way and saving the life of a police officer in Brooklyn who was shot while in the pursuit of a perpetrator. Hello. Hello. Before we get into the heroics, and that is what it was, we first want to discuss acting while off-duty. Acting while off-duty to perform patient care is a matter of choice, right? Personal choice, could be argued a moral choice but there isn't any department policy that requires that you stop and help someone when you're off duty. There's no law that says you have to stop and help somebody when you're off duty. You are not in uniform when this incident happened, right? Because if you're in uniform, somebody may expect that you would help them even if you're off duty. But that didn't apply here. You were off duty, you were not in uniform, and you definitely were not obligated to stop and help anybody. Uh, or especially in this case where you put yourself in harm's way. So, knowing all of this, why did you do it? It was just the right feeling. Like, how could we not help? How could we just leave knowing that someone was hurt and turn our back on it? It's, it just wasn't the right thing to do. I didn't even think we thought that much about it. It's just automatic. It just was automatic instinct that we saw it happen and it was just time to go into action. So... You saw it happen. What happened? Describe. What were you doing? Actually, we were sitting in my car in White Castle's parking lot. And actually, I was about to pull away, and my phone rang, and I put the car back into park. And five seconds into the phone call, I heard what sounded like gunshots. And I was like, what is going on there? And <laughs> being nosy, I sat more up to get a better look. I see a guy running across the street, and shortly after, a cop pursuing him. It looked like it was a scene out of an action movie that was being filmed. And uh, before I knew it, the cop went down, and, you know, I'm yelling to Sean, who's sitting next to me. And I was like, oh, my God, the cop is shot. So once we saw the alleged gunman run away, Sean said, do you have gloves? I was like, yes, I have a tech bag in the trunk. I was leaning back in the car. She leaned forward, and I leaned back. I actually reclined the seat backwards because I was closer to the, the gunshot. So after, you know, we, the gunshot died down, and we saw people running back on and forward, I thought the scene was safe enough for us to go out. So I asked her, I said, do you have gloves? There was never a thought of, we're not going to do this. There wasn't a discussion of what we're going to do now. It was just, if you have gloves, even if she didn't have gloves, I, we still would have gone out there. Because it so. happened so quick, there was, there was no time to say, no, nah, I'm not going, or, yeah. you know, she just said it, and automatically you knew that's what you had to do. There was no backing out, even if I was scared mm-hmm. and didn't <laughs> want to do it. I just felt like she put me in a situation where I had to do it, so, which there was, was no a, choice. Yeah. So, um, after I asked about the gloves, she jumped out the car, and I guess she went to, the, to her trunk, and I ran straight up to the where the police officer was lying on the floor. And um, all of a sudden, 
his partner came back with his gun drawn and like, I put my hands up, I'm like, I'm EMS, I'm EMS, because we were in plain clothes, you know. So I'm like, we're EMS, we're EMS, I'm, you know, I'm EMS. And he like, you know, he wasn't sure what to do. I'm like, I got this, you go look for the guy, I got this, I got this. <laughs> I was so thankful that he actually believed what I said because it was a scary, you know, at the time. It's like, I'm EMS. And I have my hand up like this, like, I'm EMS, I'm EMS, you know. After when we met, I was like, thank you for believing in me. <laughs> because he could have just started shooting, you know. So I was like, thank you for believing in me, yep. A few days before, her pocketbook, it was her birthday. And her pocketbook was stolen on her birthday. So once we ran out to help, all the doors were open. Both of our bags were still in the car. So all that went out the window, like, you know everything we could have lost trying to help somebody. But you know what, it, it didn't matter. You know, we would have done it for anybody at any given time. And not because they were police officer. If we had saw it going on with anyone, it would have been the same reaction. Did the police officer, the patient, recognize that you were from EMS? I guess after saying, you know, after I put my hands up and saying, I'm EMS, I'm EMS, and then his partner was like, okay. I guess he was reassured. You know, because then he was asking, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? And then, you know. Did he have life-threatening injuries? They, they trusted us. Yes, he did. Initially, we didn't know where he was shot. We, I saw him go down. And um, then you saw some bullet holes in his pants. But, again, you didn't know exactly where he was shot at until we had to expose the actual area and see where it was. But we didn't know it hit the artery at that time either. What did you find? Well, we found the three gunshot wounds to his lower extremities. When we found him, we approached him. Uh, Sean assessed what the injuries are. I had some uh, first aid bandages. His legs were bandaged. They were exposed and bandaged. And um, we placed him in a shock position because at that time, we didn't know exactly what his blood pressure was. And to be on the safe side, we'd rather have him in a shock position to be safe than sorry. How long from the time that you started treating him till the time the ambulance arrived? The rate that everything was going, you know, they, the police officers gave the 1013 signal and um, help was just coming from everywhere. It was like police officers were falling out of the sky. Oh, yeah, they Before wanted to put him in it. the car. Yeah, they wanted to put yeah. him in the car. And was Sean like, was no. like, no, no, no. So they wanted to transport yes. without like, waiting for EMS. Right. Yeah, we were waiting for EMS. But I, I think within two or three minutes, an ambulance was there. Let's thank God that he was okay. Was I, he stable when you did make the full assessment? Yes, he was. And he was alert. He remained conscious, you know, throughout the whole ordeal. Have you stopped to help somebody off duty before that day? I've stopped to help people all the time, usually car accidents, kids playing in the park. People in the store sometimes, they might pass out or whatever, and I'll go up and say, oh, I'm an EMT, you know, and, you know, just talk with them, calm them down. I would say if I'm in the park and a child got injured, you know, maybe if I'm there, a, more of a calming factor of a psychological first aid than actual bandaging and, you know. But, yes, but not to this extent. It's fair to say that this was the first time you felt like you were putting yourself in harm's way, stopping to help somebody? You know, I don't think at the actual time we even considered being in harm's way. We just saw that someone needed help. 
you know, and it was an emergent situation and we just rendered the care the best that we could. Well, I figured after the, the bullet shots would die down, the scene was safe. That's how I, you know, in my brain, I'm like, okay, the scene is safe, BSI. That's why I asked for the gloves. So in my mind, I was ready, I already started going. So um, I didn't think of it being unsafe at all. Can you explain the sense of duty you felt that prompted you to get out of the car? Well, the sense of duty that I felt to get out of the car and help was that, um, it was like, I work side by side with police officers every day and they have our back. So my thing was like, there was no way that this officer was going to go down and I wasn't going to be there to help, even if it was to hold his hand. So um, sense of duty, yes, I had a sense of duty to act. It's just morally, it's the right thing to do, to have done anything besides help. It's just not our personality. Our personality is to help someone in need. So regardless of how big or how small it is, you know, something so simple as holding someone's hand could be the most comforting time at your time of that person's time of need. So yes, it was a sense and it was a duty to act and it will always be, you know, at any time someone needs help. If we can help them, then we will. Given similar circumstances, do you think you would stop and help again? Yes. yes. After this incident occurred, your captain submitted you for a medal, and you received the highest medal that EMS awards, which is the Prescott Medal. Have you ever received this type of recognition before? I have never received that type of recognition before. No, I've never been recognized to that degree before, and it's outstanding. I wish everybody on the job could have experienced this, but I know it's impossible, but it's a great experience. It was unbelievable. It was joyous, just heart-stopping. It was a moment and a memory to last forever. Do you stay in touch with the police officer? Yes, we do. NYPD has been very great to us. They really appreciated what we did. And um, even though me and Khadija doesn't see it as putting ourselves in jeopardy, they realize the jeopardy that we put ourselves in more than we do and appreciate us tremendously and have shown us the appreciation. Tell us about the job training that you receive that could have, may have, and you could tell me otherwise, uh, helped to prepare you to be able to react the way that you did in this you know, unpredictable situation? Well, like Sean said, the first thing was scene safety. And once the scene appeared to be safe, that's when we proceeded to go out and assist the police officer, along with uh, universal blood precautions. I'm just glad we were at the right place at the right time, and we had some of the equipment needed to help. Had we not had anything, we still would have helped. To what degree? I, I'm not able to elaborate on, but, you know, just knowing that someone is there comforting you and that time of your worst fears, you know, saying that you're going to be okay. You know, you're going to be okay. You got to calm down and, you know, help is on the way. 
I was able to do a, a patient assessment, a quick patient assessment, and I think it was a good thing we did um, so that when, when the unit comes in, we could save them time by telling them exactly where the injuries were. And so they, when, when the ambulance yeah. came up, you know, we were able to tell them, okay, you need this, you need longboard, you need color, you need this, that, that. And they were able to just bring it out and do it right away and get and that patient system. out of the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also a system. And I, I think that they would trust us furthermore because we are also part of that same agency, knowing that we had similar, because there were paramedics that um, sure. came on, that showed up on the job. So they have a higher level of training than we do. We are EMTs. But still knowing that they know us, you know, they believed what we told them we had found. In terms of scene safety and situational awareness, how did you utilize your training to ensure your own safety when you approached the scene? When I got out of the car, I was still listening. And when I ran up to the officer and realized that his partner came up to me, um, it's all instinct. I put my hands up, you know, um, and training is like, let them know who you are off the back. You know, I show him that. Identify yourself. I identify myself and I had nothing else on me. And um, I approached the officer that was laying on the floor, you know, let him know that I'm EMS also, and start talking to him, calming him down, you know, reassuring him that he's going to be okay. Well, I actually saw the initial shooter running away, further away from us, and the gunshots had stopped at that time. So once they stopped, that's when Sean said, do you have any gloves? Because I think just sitting there hearing the actual gunshots, we, we were, or I was in shock. I was like, what the is going on here? And um, once we heard them stop and she asked if I had gloves, you know, I guess we just both assumed at that particular point the scene was safe. And that's when we got out of the car and I went to my trunk. She ran immediately to the police officer to uh, render care. And um, by the time I got back, you know, his partner had run back off in pursuit of the gentleman who was shooting at them initially. So we were able to render care then, and then other police officers were coming from everywhere, and by then it was known that we were um, EMS off-duty, and we were rendering first aid to the police officer. Did it help that you had those signature blue gloves? Yes. <laughs> it's so funny you asked that. The gloves were in the transition where we were changing gloves to a different, a whole different texture, brand, and color. And everyone was trying to hold on to those blue gloves. So it just so happens I had a box in my truck. <laughs> what advice would you offer to someone who's not sure what they should do? when confronted with a serious situation where someone may need help and they're off, they're off duty? It's always good to stop and render help. Um, if you're going to be in danger, you yourself, then you hold back. But um, it's, it's, I think it's personal instinct. You know, If there's a dangerous situation and after a while you think it's safe enough to approach, then you approach. But um, for regular non-violent, no gunshots, it's, it's okay to stop and render that help. 
because you never know when it may be somebody that you know. I think your safety is paramount. You should always make sure whatever you tend to do that hopefully the outcome will be your safety first. And make sure you have some type of equipment that you can render. But, I mean, it doesn't always happen like that. You can just be driving and something happens and you're there. But just you just want to make sure your safety comes first. Because without you being safe, then you're no help to anyone else. It's just a rewarding feeling to know that you can help somebody in their time of need. Somebody giving you one quick response to their question, are they going to be okay? And hearing yes on the other end can make the biggest difference in someone's life. And it may be the simplest thing. Just letting them know that everything is going to be okay can be the biggest difference for them. Thank you for joining us today for the FDNY Pro EMS podcast. Tune in next time when we talk to more FDNY EMS professionals. Thank you. FDNY Pro is online at fdnypro.org. Subscribe today and get inside access to the FDNY. Learn more about our publications, professional conferences, and other tools for first responders. Train with New York's Bravest.